0: Hello everybody, this is Glowing Weak Point, here for our 13th week. How unlucky, John. How unlucky to have a 13th episode we are. Um, I,
1: I, I I think that's particularly lucky, and also uh, 13 is my lucky number, so it's all good over here.
0: Okay, well, I don't believe in superstitions like that anyway, so
1: Me I guess we're good.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> yep, all fine. Let's move on. <laughs> um, instead of instead of uh, doing a long extended joke at the start like we usually do, um, I wanted to uh, bring up this itch.io bundle that's going on right now until I think oh, like Saturday at midnight. Um, it's a minimum of five dollars for a thousand and twenty items from eight hundred and sixty-five creators. It's the the indie bundle for Palestinian aid um, they're trying to make $500,000 all of all of the profit of which goes to the United Nations Relief and Works Agency to help uh, Palestinians get food
1: specifically the Gaza emergency.
0: Yeah like, they're, they're helping them with food assistance. they' they're providing mental and physical health protection like they're, they're doing they're doing good work. Over there. Plus, you uh, get...
1: A uh, thousand and twenty games. Right. A well, thousand and twenty it, items, I would say.
0: Yeah. I- including um, the game Minute, which we've we've played before on a stream. Um, the yeah. game Nuclear Throne, which is a very good twin-stick shooter roguelike. Uh, and this, this game called Lila and the Shadows of War, which is kind of like their headliner... Because it's, it's a Palestinian-made game um, telling the story yeah. of a, a girl who lives in Gaza during the 2014 war. And it says w- in which 30% of civilian casualties during that war were children. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm a, it's I'm it's I'm a $5. dollars <laughs> a Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Itch, too. Especially over Humble Bundle. Especially over Humble Bundle and its current state. Which barely donates anything. Um,
1: uh, uh, you you can alter Humble Bundle to give more to the charities, and I usually. <laughs> sorry, Humble Bundle, but I put your stuff down to like one percent, and the rest goes to the developers and the charities. Um, uh, I see.
0: Yeah, the default is very low right now, though. So.
1: Yeah, so that's that's why I always. I mean, like. A lot of the purchasing things through through itch.io also have the ability to donate to things, and you can switch between the the amounts, but it's usually pretty high towards uh, itch and the developers. Yeah. So I mean, just whenever you're doing that, um, just keep an eye on on what it is, so you can change it to what you'd like to give to.
0: Right. And, and like I said, it's five dollars. You can donate more if you want to, but it's not it's not much of a price tag and it goes towards doing doing good shit. Yeah. And I, I just thought we should start the episode with that since at the time the Sayers it's probably like another three days that you can get it. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. go do that. So John, what's the what's the glowing point of your week?
1: Oh well, um I didn't expect you to ask me about this, so I uh I didn't prepare anything. You're a liar. Uh, I, I suppose d- d- no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, asked no <laughs> I asked you last week. No, actually I asked you last <laughs> week.
1: Yeah, well I don't know, you've you've got a trend going on, but uh I'd say Twice is not I, I a trend. Had i have i have finally acquired um my painting it it is in fact the painting it's in Uh, your hands so that's cool it's in well not currently but Uh, metaphorically possession of it again yes right um uh, at the same time like i had a really good stream the other day really enjoyed uh doing it i've for the past few months, I have been learning a new live switching software, like, uh, like a, basically, what's that? basically the way TV works, where like cable you, TV. You, yeah, like I can I can live switch in other feeds. Uh, I'm I'm I've got the way we're doing this. I've I've got the the game feeds of of 3 to 5 other people and i can just just switch them in whenever i want and switch to just cams switch to web pages and just just really really automatically beautifully do this stuff i mean it costs a lot but it's it's a really powerful software that i've been learning and i had a great stream the other day just just switching back and forth between uh, some segments of, of our, uh, a vodcast I do. Cool. So, yeah. What about you? What's y- the glowing point of your
0: week? Um, I mean, m- see, this is the problem I have with this, this segment. Uh, most of the, the best points of my week were game or this book that we're doing later related, but, uh. <laughs> A- after I finished our book, I've started reading The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and I'm having a good okay. time with that. I'm about halfway through it. It's uh it's funny and it's fun. Um the Earth disintegrates in a span of three sentences. It's great. Yeah, the
1: the Earth disintegrates like uh a chapter into the book, like one chapter into the book. It's like, "Oh yeah, in five the the 4 it's gone."
0: Yeah, and it's like there was a terrifying uh, silence. There was a terrifying noise. There was a terrifying silence, and, and that's yeah. the end of the earth.
1: <laughs> yep, I I'll have to go back and, and reread that sometime because because I reread I read the series a while back and wasn't a, a huge fan of it. Like there were there were. There were funny jokes and stuff, but in all, I just I, it didn't catch me.
0: So. Um, there's a, a what what's caught me the most so far is actually the parts that are like excerpts from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, like the the fictional book within the book. Um, yeah, like the the segment where they talk about the Babel fish, the fish that has um, evolved in such a way that it feeds on the brain waves of the creatures around the creature in which it inhabits so instead of like sucking mm-hmm. energy off of you it sucks energy off of other people and it does this by like uh, like attacking the um, the center of their brain that allow uh, allows for languages and stuff like and, and so it it allows you to both... S- um, understand other languages and have other people understand your language yeah and i don't know that's crazy um and then the the way the uh the book goes like um some some scientists say that this is proof of the non-existence of god and, and then there's a little conversation between man and god about how god says like Um, You can only have faith in me. I will never provide proof that I exist. And man says, well, the fish is such a uniquely convenient organism that it does prove that you exist. And God says, oh, I haven't thought of that and pops out of existence. And then man, (laughs) uh, man goes on to uh, die in front of a pedestrian crossing after saying that black is now white. <laughs> yeah, and then immediately follows it up with most people think that this line of reasoning is fucking stupid. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. No, I like I like books that that do that sort of thing where they have like a a canonical book within the book, and you get excerpts of that. Right. Um. Honestly, like my my favorite version of the Princess Bride is the book.
0: I keep meaning to read that.
1: First. It's so good. I I think I I think we own two copies of it just because like we independently bought it and then we, you know, like my my wife and I, you know, obviously live together now and so we have the two copies and we're like, mm, "No, no, we want to keep both of these." Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's like it's a really well-written book because it's a the Princess Bride book is a summary of another book written by, uh, a different, like, Morgan Guildenstern or something like that. Right. So, <laughs> which doesn't exist, but for the purposes of the book, it does, and honestly, it w- it makes it way better. Like, The Princess Bride, as the story itself, really, really good but then just to add on top of that all this extra knowledge that like the way the um person's protecting you by by like skipping around things there's there's one segment where it's like all right well uh the next th- 13 chapters are all about uh how the queen gathered up all of her her advisors and hairdressers and makeup <laughs> artists and and then like goes on a list of all of the things and and her 37 um uh suitcases worth of hats and like
0: basically <laughs> the end of that they say like then, oh this guy's and- going on a nathaniel hawthorne tangent about bullshit uh, we're just gonna yeah. skip all this. <laughs> the, the next 13 chapters
1: are about her gathering up this list of stuff, traveling, and then unpacking this list of stuff. Oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> so, I have skipped it for you. <laughs> and like, it's, uh... it's really well, really well done, really funny, so... The
0: next 50 pages we can, uh, just skip. <laughs> yeah.
1: Speaking of skipping things, um,
0: uh, how's Dragon Quest Seven? I don't understand that transition, but, uh, <laughs> I'm about... You're supposed to go, it's still going, let's move on. <laughs> I'm about, um, 11 hours into the game now, 10 or 11. Um, I've done two more islands since last time. The the first island was actually a like unambiguously happy story. Like um, okay. there's there's a volcano on the island. The volcano is the uh, the flame god for the village that lives on the island, and they like perform a festival every time every year when the um, the volcano quakes, um, and they go up to the volcano and they throw torches into it as like. Like, giving the flame back to the flame god, symbolically. Hmm. Um, but there's a seer in the village, and she says that she's seen um, that the volcano is going to erupt. And we know that she's right, because we also had a vil- vision of the uh, volcano erupting when we first arrived back in the um, setting of this island. Okay. Um, but none of the townspeople will believe her. So, during the festival, we, like, steal off into the heart of the volcano. And we find that there's a monster down there. And he's, like, gathering up all the fire so that he can set off some kind of, like, f- flame magic thing. And that would that's what's going to cause the erup- eruption. So, okay. we beat him. We beat him and then... Um, like, the, the, the flame magic breaks, but uh, a dark, like, smoky cloud goes up to the top of the volcano and just kind of sits there. And then you have to use an item that you've probably already gotten in order to get rid of it. Um, the holy water mm. that you get from your uncle back in the present. Um, and, and you just, you save the day. You actually save the day this time. Nice. Nobody, nobody gets hurt. As
1: opposed to the sadness. Right, yeah.
0: as opposed to like the character that you had grown a little attached to dying, regardless of what you did. Unfortunately, well, yeah. the next island after that is the most sad. Blah. Um, <laughs> you You reach this island, and it's a very small island, and all that's on it is a single village. And you enter the village, and... All of the people have been turned to stone. Um, okay. It turns out that the village had been like going through a severe drought for years, and um, like they do rain prayers every na- every now and then, trying to get rain to come, and it just it just won't. Until one day it does, but the rain that comes down is muddy and gray. And and Ooh. it tur- if you get hit by it, it turns you into stone. Um, and everybody was outside because it was finally raining, right?
1: Yeah.
0: So nobody in the village survived the rain. Um, except <laughs> for there's a single inhabitant of the island, a very old man, who's been living in this stone people town for 50 years because he was away getting supplies at the time the rain fell so he's a resident of the town but he wasn't there when it rained yeah and he's he's found a way to uh to cure all of the the people turned to stone but the cure won't work because they've been out in the elements for 50 years so they've eroded and the the cure won't work on them but you take hmm. the cure from him, and you use it anyway, and a single boy crawls out of his secret hideout, because after he'd been, like, rained on, he he managed to get inside his secret hideout before turning to stone. And okay. so, the boy and the old man, after 50 years, are the only survivors of this town.
1: And, let me guess, you can't unturn them to stone
0: um i do not believe so so far it's not possible and you go back to the present and the town just no longer exists except for one old dude again um who wants to rebuild the town and this is this becomes the uh like bravely default kind of like village building portion (sighs) of the game like you can find people in the world and Like, they'll be looking for a new place to go, and you can direct them towards that town. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. This game is mostly fun to talk about the story, because, you know, the combat is mostly just... Right now, especially, it's very just... Dragon Quest games are crap. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, actually, there was a third island that I did. Um... The third island was a town where all the people had been turned into animals and all the animals had been turned into people. Uh, a, a monster that they had fought like ages ago and that the white wolves had sealed away has been released and he's he's done this to the town. And you go and you defeat the the guy and there was a a. A boy chained up in the um, in a barn in the town, and he helps you seal the thing away, but he f- he forces the, the boy to stay a boy forever because the boy was not a boy, he was a wolf who had been turned into a person. And now he's okay. your party member. He's your party member now. His name is Gabo. Ah, Gabu. Gabo. Gabo. Gabo, Gabo.
1: Alright, well, I played Disney too. Uh,
0: of course you did.
1: Nothing particularly happened except for story stuff, and... Um, the, the Story... Yeah, um... You, you hate the person even more now. The, the racist person. Basically is what's happening. Uh, the Donald uh,
0: Trump?
1: Yeah, the, the one... She... She sent... Although maybe she didn't do it, it's just people that were going based off of her rhetoric. So she caused this to happen, but she didn't necessarily order someone to do it. Did Um, they
0: invade the capital? Basic. No, no, uh...
1: (laughs) no, no. I said she didn't tell them to do it. That was actually spoken in words, you should go do this. This was not. Um, no, uh, several of her followers uh, snuck into the refugee camp uh, at night and blew up all their supplies. Shit. In- including all their, like, their, they consume a special form of what's basically food. It's basically food to them. It's a combination of food and um, hormones that okay. make them it's it's basically what turns them from being uh hatchlings into actual like thinking growing creatures and uh it's in short supply cuz it has to be created using a lot of power and oh yeah the things that create it were also destroyed so like they're they're hurt really badly and then later um uh, the Mithrax is the the leader of the refugee camp, comes to her and is like, you said you would protect us here. You said we would be safe here while we work for you to save us all. Um. And, and she's, she's like, like well, Neener
0: meaner, uh, I lied.
1: No, she's like, you are safe. You're within our walls. Uh, it's, I can't stop my people if they believe that you're a threat. Um, and, yes, you could. You uh, could stop stoking
0: the idea that they're a uh, <laughs>
1: Clear. Clearly, while you have been welcomed in by some people here, you are not welcome here, so you should find somewhere else to be. Uh, and he was like, how can I live somewhere else? Everything we had was destroyed by
0: you. Uh, this is the go back to your own country if you don't like it here. <laughs> yeah, except we've already taken everything from you um Uh, i mean that's happened (coughs) in real life too so i mean one to one yeah well
1: most most (laughs) of the case over here it's they did every they sold everything in order to get here and they arrived here with nothing this is more of a case of they arrived here with a lot of stuff and then it was all taken from them right (laughs) um and uh (coughs) later she tells you the character the player that hey you know Uh, perhaps I was a little harsh. So, I have passed along a message to him that, um, I- My faction will be more than happy to, um, give back everything that was destroyed or taken from you when you leave. Okay. Uh, what? Yeah, basically- Get out of here. Leave. Like, sure, we'll we'll reimburse you
0: for it as soon as you go. I see. That was... Fuck you for wording it like that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was a very political way of saying we don't want you here. We're willing to pay you to leave. Jesus. Um. Yeah. So, like, if you didn't hate her before, you hate her more now. There was also a really, really good um, uh, cutscene that happened um, after she left, because um, Saint-14 is a character, I don't remember if I've talked about him, but um, in the past, he went on a rampage against Fallen because Fallen had been killing the, you know, humans, and... The, the vanguard wasn't willing to do anything about it so he went out there as a hero to go and stop them and he just he just went out and and f- killed them because it's war and that's what warriors do is they go and they kill the bad people uh. um but he's still alive and um uh, the uh he he's he talks to Mithrax and he says, you know, for years your people like ate our babies and and were our monsters. You you No, like literally some fallen would eat human babies. Oh, you told me about uh, that. Yeah. Um and and of course, like these people, like this the house light, which is Mithrax's house, uh never did that. But you know, it's, it's fallen. They're all fallen are the same, you know, paint with broad strokes.
0: I mean, can I, can I say though that I feel like Bungie did muddy the waters with their, um, like real life comparison by having the fallen actually be like some parts of them actually be baby eaters because like the whole thing that happens in real life is that people lie about these people and say that they're awful. Um, yeah. But but well, in Destiny. In, in almost in Destiny every sub in, Like some in of the every babies.
1: subset in, in in almost every subset in real life, there are monsters in that group. Like the the I
0: mean the true.
1: Worst forms of, of every um uh, of almost every uh like just broad strokes that you paint a, a group by are... Had, have been on some level true. Now, it's usually, like, three people of a group of millions that did these terrible things, and that's why it's it's bad to paint everyone with the same stroke, but, you know, on some level, yes, these people were bad, but um, but, like, these, these particular Elixney, not Fallen, because Fallen's a, uh, a racist term. Uh, <laughs>
0: the, uh, that you've been using the, this whole pr- time. <laughs> well, yeah, because I...
1: Whatever. Um, uh, like, weren't, weren't ever those monsters. But, like, the Fallen in general were monsters. Uh, so Saint tells him, like, you can't expect people to be willing to live with their monsters. <laughs> and, and so... Mithrax is like, let me tell you a story about living with monsters. And he tells a story where, where he, it's, it's a cutscene where it's a beautifully animated. And it, it, it talks about how in years past, uh, they lost their traveler, uh, the big floating ball that gives us power. And they, when they went searching for it, uh, they, uh, found it out of reach and a monster was sent to them. And the monster would kill Fallen, it would, uh, uh, pierce them on his, uh, helmet, it would drag them into a bubble and kill them in there, it would, uh, beat them to death, crush them to death with its bare hands, and even if you killed it, it would come back to life. And they called that monster a saint, because Saint-14 was that person. Saint-14 is the monster under the bed for the elixir.
0: Oh, like a a supposed hero on our side.
1: Yes, a supposed hero on our side was the the monster that you tell the kids is, you know, be quiet or else, you know, the boogeyman's gonna get you. Wow. And like, there are... There are symbols painted on walls in the the refugee district, which are you you can listen to to little lore tapes that talk about the camp, and one of them talks about that, and they talk about how uh, it's an icon meant to ward off um, uh, evil, uh-huh. and the symbol is a like a sideways view of Saint 14's helmet. Oh. Because like like this is so he's like don't talk to me about people living with monsters because right now we are like I have a monster right in front of me you terrify me <laughs> and yet we are asked to live here with you like we're we're doing way better than your people are, <laughs> <laughs> um, which I thought was important to show that like like yes clearly. This other person is a racist and evil, and we should, like, I can't wait for the end of the season where hopefully we get to kill her. I know at the very least she's going to get cast out of the city, but I, I would love to be able to kill her. Um, Or or at least have her killed. Let Saint kill her or someone. That would be a great, you know, growth of his character or something.
0: Oh, um, Saint-14? But,
1: yeah. Uh, I I would I would be happy if he turned around to be protecting the fallen and you know the elixni instead of fighting them or at least these particular ones because um, that would be great growth of character and and it would it would be well written um, but like there's there's that plot line going where yes she is bad but there's also this other subplot that I really like which is the one that's yeah both sides have committed atrocities like war happened yeah and and war never ends well <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> uh yeah so yeah i mean it, the the story's uh really good Re- really well done that's good What. Well,
0: What's this other game on your list, Crown Trick? I don't remember it. Um, I mean, maybe you haven't seen it. Uh, I think it's a pretty recent game to come out. It's a it's a rogue light uh, dungeon crawler, grid based. Um, it's okay. one of those like mystery dungeon style games where you you move around, and every time you move, that's a turn for the whole dungeon. So okay. nothing moves unless how you is move. this a how is this a rogue light that just sounds like rogue? Um because it does it does do the thing where like you come w- once you die you go back to like your little hub base and any people you've met along okay. the way are in your your little base and they can give you upgrades to like your elixirs and stuff. Um, okay. Yeah. Like So like, I guess there's...
1: it's 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 an attempt to take a rogue like like a, like a direct rogue like, and make it rogue Right. It <clears throat> yeah. sounds cool.
0: Yeah, it's it's really fun. Um, the the weapons are all different. Um, so, for example, uh, even even if they look similar, they're different. So there's there's spears which can attack two spaces in front of you and penetrate enemies, right? And then there's also mm-hmm. um, staves. Which also attack two spaces in front of you, but don't penetrate. However, they give you a higher, um, skill power. Like, your skills will deal more damage. Um. Okay. S- swords will attack the three grids in front of you. Like, not in a line. Yeah. But in a, in a <laughs> hori- horizontal to you, yeah. so. Like a swipe. Yeah. Um, daggers attack directly in front of you. Um axes attack all around you like uh, every square mm-hmm. in a three by three around you um like every every weapon feels different and they they all give like varying degrees of attack or um blah blah blah, blah, blah. S- skill power um some okay. of them specialize in one or the other some are more balanced yeah, I imagine uh, daggers give you a whole lot of skill power. I haven't used daggers yet. I've seen them, but they've never been better than mm. what I have. So I've never taken a dagger yet. Uh, okay. hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to take them going forward. I've only done two runs of this, and I just got the ability to add more weapons to my starting room. So instead of having just two available to me, um, I'll probably have like three or four. I don't remember how much I upgraded it.
1: Okay. Is this only on Steam, or is it on other things, too?
0: As far as I'm aware, it's only on Steam. It might be on Switch. Ooh, I feel like I've seen Switch. it. Switch. Yeah. It's on Switch. Yeah, so you can play it on your Switch. Um the, the big how I would get it. The big selling point to me is there are mini-bosses on each floor that you can fight. Um, and once mm-hmm. you beat them, you unlock their familiar for the rest of your game. Like, not that run, but the whole game. Okay. And each familiar gives you two powers, and you can have two familiars equipped at any time. Um, the, the powers are like... Um, the first one you get in the tutorial is like a fire breather dragon kind of thing. So you can shoot fire out three spaces in a line in front of you. Or you can put an explosive bar- barrel down, and that's good for, like, you set this down, and then you move away, and then you blow it up. Yeah. Yeah. You, you like, bait the enemies around it, and you blow it up. It's good for that. Um, there's a King Octo that I've been using. He-, he shoots poison out in front of him in a line four spaces. And then... Ooh. And then he does this big poison attack across, like, I want to say it's like a, a 7 or 8 by 4 square. Or rectangle, rather. Um, and okay. it does damage, but it does extra damage if an enemy is already poisoned.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, so it's it, it's a very strategic kind of game. Like, you set up status effects and then you try and take advantage of them with other skills later yeah
1: it looks fun i don't i'm not a huge fan of the aesthetic i like it like the- I,
0: it's got a strong art style it might not necessarily be to everybody's taste
1: yeah uh, i
0: just i just like games that look not like other games so it works for me yeah i don't i don't have to have everything
1: be the same but i uh, it's not my art style yeah I get that. Lastly, I played Donkey Kong 64. Speaking Um, of not fun. Yeah, speaking of not fun. (laughs) Um, I, I completely finished two worlds. Yes. Two worlds are 100% done. So
0: what what does that put your percentage at right now?
1: Oh, like. 18 to 20%. It's Oof. it's still really low. Yeah, cuz it's only two two that are completely finished. How many the worlds are in one, this game? 8 maybe? Oof. 7 or 8? Yeah. Um the the third world is almost completely done. I have one golden banana to get. And it's one of the worst golden bananas in the game. <laughs> i'd say there's there's really like there's some awful mini game ones but i can't i can't like really pull out exactly which ones are are the worst uh this is this is one of the worst because you have to play the donkey kong game like the donkey kong arcade game oh no it's it's just it's just you pull a lever and then now you have to play the donkey car donkey kong arcade game and honestly, I don't have a problem with the Donkey Kong arcade game. I've played it a bunch as a child. Uh, what I have a problem with is, to get this, you have to beat four stages of it on one life. And, technically, you can earn a second or or more lives by getting, uh, I think it's 100,000 points is what you need. Or maybe it's 10,000. It's 10,000 points. Um... So you have to get 10,000 points in game, and you get points based off of collecting things. There's three things in some of the worlds that you can collect. Um, there's... You can jump over obstacles, and that gives you, like, 100 or 200 points. And then finishing the match fast gives you the bulk of your points. Like
0: a time So there's like, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it's, there's 5,000 points, bonus points at the beginning and then like every second that goes down by a hundred um so you you really have to be booking it to get it now I usually end up with with like 4 thousand ish four thousand plus uh each map but you have to do four of these and uh, they're they're hard I mean like they're it's it's an old arcade game it's it's tough. Um.
0: All right, it's designed to it's suck miserable. quarters out of you.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, Why are you putting this in a game like... that
0: doesn't suck quarters out of you?
1: And it's not like I could just put in another quarter and keep going. I have to start over from the beginning each time I die. And yeah, you have you have four four levels to go through, and then once you beat the the fourth level you have you you get the golden banana but here's the worst part of it because i'm going for um, greater than 100% i also need to get the um, th- once you beat it you have to play it again what to get the to get the nintendo coin oh my god There are two coins in the game. There's the Nintendo coin and the rare coin. And both of them are from playing old arcade games. Uh, And for this one, you have to play it again. You have to play through all four levels. Except they changed the random number generator that controls the game. So you have to relearn the maps. So it's the same maps. Same maps. But the barrels come down in different orders. And they don't always do the same thing. Whereas Jeez. currently, like there's there's a small chance that something could change during the course of a, um, uh, a a run. Like there there are some small random changes that can happen, but in general, it always follows the same pattern. I I could I could build a um uh an AI to play this for me and it it could learn it and beat it um but yeah it it gets it gets real frustrating when that changes and there's uh yeah I don't look forward to it I, I tried it like nine times did not succeed to get the um golden banana so that that'll be my next stream is me playing the worst part of Donkey Kong 64 for two hours and then quitting
0: oh man I'll have to see that one I have to I wanna I wanna see you not get the golden banana after playing it for three hours (laughs) (laughs) Uh... just getting progressively more drunk and angry as, as time goes on
1: Facts. This week we're talking about Turok
0: Oh, uh, yeah Turok for the N64 um, Turok Dinosaur Hunter is a FPS developed by Iguana Entertainment Acclaim Studios Austin wherein the title character Turok is a time-traveling warrior who fights dinosaurs
1: It's kind of in is- the name except for the time-traveling part
0: Right, it's it's just it's it's such a cool premise for anything. <laughs> uh. It's it's Doctor Who meets like uh, that that comic book character who exists in the like prehistory time whose name I forget. Oh, well, uh,
1: I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Right. (laughs) Turok Turok in the game is a a modern character. Like a modern day... Like he he was in the 1900s. or Right. Yeah. Late.
0: Yeah. Uh, The the concept is based on a comic book of the same name written by Gaylord Dubois and takes place in pre-Columbian North America in the Carlsbad Caverns, New Mexico area and doesn't involve time travel at all. Wait, no time travel? Yep. Nope. No. Nope. How
1: dare they? He's, he's just a pre-Columbian Native American who stumbles into a hidden valley that has dinosaurs, and he tries to get out.
0: Well, you know what? That's still cool, actually. <laughs> yeah. He and his brother, because he has his brother with him, too. So when you say pre-Columbian, you mean Columbus? Yeah. Okay. Cause uh, Colombian makes me think of the country Colombia. <laughs> well, it's also it's also before the country Colombia, right? Which is not in North America, though, which is confusing. <laughs> After a series of revamps and license transfers, it was finally acquired by Acclaim Comics, formerly Valiant Comics. Who reimagined the name Turak as a title and gave the no- now modern-day time-traveling main character the name Talset? So, uh, has yeah, Valiant this... Comics done anything else?
1: Uh, quite a few things. It was um, it was a big name back in the day. Yeah, it's I feel so like much I know nowadays. it nowadays. Um, you're probably not going to recognize any of the names from it. It was like Harbinger magnus robot fighter exo man of war shadow man uh et eternal or no eternal warrior rye archer and armstrong okay their their main thing was uh magnus robot fighter
0: they're they're a genre publisher like not a like superhero like big big publisher but like more of a dynamite kind of thing
1: no most of those were uh, in the same universe uh, it's the Valiant universe and, and it's it's a superhero sort of thing Uh-oh. it was created by a bunch of ex-Marvel employees who tried to buy Marvel when it was being sold like they, they worked at Marvel Marvel was selling, they got a bunch of investors to help them buy it um, so that they could maintain control but they were the second highest bidder, someone else bought it but like they had all this this money built up, and they had all this talent, and they're like, "Well, let's just make our own stuff." And so they made Valiant.
0: I see. Uh, Those this, names did not sound was... like superhero comics. Oh yeah, well they are. <laughs>
1: um, yeah they they are. Um, okay. The uh, this one was a particularly weird uh, fact for me because. In the stream I did the other day, we did a card break segment, because, uh, I don't know if you know about, uh, trading cards in the news recently, but they're, they're popping off.
0: Horrifyingly uh, expensive, people are dying over them, it's... <laughs> correct.
1: Yeah. There are, like, Ocean's Eleven level heists into targets to steal them. It's not obscene. Money from the tills. Um, so... To cash in on this uh, craze, we did a card break on our, our stream, but it's, like, next to impossible to find trading cards right now, Uh, because Target won't sell them, Walmart won't sell them, uh,
0: comic book stores aren't selling them. Um, You know, this actually explains a lot why, like, exactly when I wanted to start collecting Yu-Gi-Oh! cards again, all of a sudden I could not find them in Walmart anymore.
1: Yep, Like, I started picking up Yu-Gi-Oh! cards
0: ages ago, like, during the middle of the pandemic. And the only place I could get them was, like, hobby shops.
1: Yep. Uh, Target and Walmart do not sell them anymore for fear for their associates' lives. (laughs) Millennials Uh, destroy everything! (laughs) Uh, But, to do this, I went to my local game shop, or local comic book store... And uh, they had, in a display case, a, like 10 packs of Valiant-era trading cards. And I was like, I don't know what these are, I've never heard of Valiant uh, comics. But I got them because they were literally the only comic books, or little, literally the only trading cards I could find. And You just um, wanted
0: cards. <laughs> I just wanted
1: cards. I mean, ideally, I was looking for um, trash cards, like, not not even, um, like, baseball or or Yu-Gi-Oh or stuff like that. I wanted cards like they used to do for, like, movies. Oof. You know, they'd make, like, the... um, there, there's like uh, the Lion King trading cards and stuff. Yeah, that no-
0: terrible nobody shit. cares. Nobody <laughs> cares at all. But but that's why I wanted
1: that was because nobody cared, and it's funny to do things that nobody cares about. Um, but yeah, this was the only thing I could find. And then today researching this, I was like, oh, holy cow, Turok is is uh uh. A a valiant comics um, product, not originally, but it, it became it. Wow. Um, anyways, that was that was the aside.
0: Okay. <laughs> Turok was the first game published for the N sixty four by a third party, almost a full year after the N 64s release. I feel like the N sixty four wasn't a big third party console, like at all. No, not, like, I mean, like, late in I know its the life, games, it, it, it became more. I know the games exist there, but I feel like most of the ones people know and care about are all kind of Nintendo first party things. They're all first or
1: second parties, like, like rare. Every rare game that was ever made for the Nintendo 64 is a uh, smash hit and it's a second party game.
0: Right. So, because they were working like Donkey Kong sixty four, <laughs> yeah, Banjo Kazooie, Banjo Tooie, uh, uh, Conquer, uh, Golden Eye,
1: Perfect Dark, like every single one of them is, <laughs> is a flawless game. Anyways, move on.
0: <laughs> uh, the cheat menu for Turok only contains consonants, but the codes represent phrases such as infinite lives. Translating as, for those that truly suck, but also included cheats later made famous in Goldeneye, such as Big Head Mode, as well as entirely graphics-altering cheats such as Disco Mode, Environment Textures Rapidly Cycle Colors, Oof, Quack Mode, (laughs) Renders at Incredibly Low Graphics Settings, or Pen and Ink (laughs) Mode, mode, essentially Wireframe. So, two things before you say anything um for those that truly suck is some really that's really shitty like it, oh there's 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 a lot
1: of shade being thrown in all of the um uh cheats but
0: I, I, that might just be like today looking backwards but it's like today that that wouldn't fly people would be like yeah what the fuck like people just want to play the game to play the game some some
1: other ones include "Real men don't cheat." Um, cheaters never prosper. Uh, let's see. You cheat uh, like a dog. You have no shame. You ought to be ashamed. How can you live with yourself? Okay. That does it. You suck.
0: They're assholes.
1: <laughs> but there, there, there are other things like. Um, all right, so there's the show credits cheat, which just shows the game's credits. <laughs> um, f- f- is
0: Feed Them Egos. <laughs> what does that do? Um,
1: it shows the credits.
0: Oh, I thought that was a different cheat.
1: No, no. Feed Them Egos is the name of that cheat. Wow. I- is to show the credits. Um, uh, the big cheat that... Uh, Enables cheats for invincibility, spirit mode, all weapons, unlimited ammo, unlimited lives, full map, big head mode, and level and boss warps. It is, uh, on the eighth day God created
0: Turok. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the all-round cheat. Just, I want everything yeah. right now. Yeah.
1: Unlimited ammo is bullets are your friend. Uh, so on.
0: Um... My other thing is that uh, Disco Mode should be renamed to Epilepsy Mode. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's terrifying. Why would you ever do that? That is an attack. (laughs) Okay. Acclaim became very successful due to a long-standing partnership with the WWF. As well as some standout games such as Nark and Quirk, although while both of those games were developed by other companies, Rare and Atlas respectively, they made control they maintained control over the characters and concepts in the West. Nark.
1: Yep. Including Max Force.
0: Yeah, no, it's
1: weird that they maintained control over the characters despite not developing the
0: characters. Also, Rare and Atlas just better publishers than Acclaim or developers. Rare's
1: not a publisher,
0: yeah. <laughs> Developer and publisher, respectively. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, no, like uh, I never played NARC, but Quirk was a really fun game. Um, it's a puzzle game for the Game Boy, um, where you control a little tomato, and specifically tomato, not tomato. It's a it's a big deal according to Quirk uh he makes a big deal of it in the show the power team
0: (laughs) you say tomato i say tomato nobody says tomato if you do i will kill you
1: yeah i i think i think quirk would agree with you (laughs) when he 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 joins with his friends kuros from the wizards and warriors series tyrone from arch rivals and bigfoot from the game of the same name
0: uh, is as this well Captain as Arcade. This is Captain N. No, End this is Master. not,
1: this is not Captain N. This is the Power Team! Okay. <laughs> yes. The Power Team is the cont- cartoon show featuring characters from acclaimed video games only. Why does this exist? <laughs> it aired during Video Power, the American television series. What? And which is a Sabin entertainment product
0: so wait is this just like a like a 30 second short cartoon like it's just a commercial uh, in the middle of another show 15
1: minutes 15 minutes mm. 15 minute series yeah um there were there were a lot of them uh did it for, did it for a full year uh,
0: you know maybe yeah, Acclaim should have held on to that money instead of making a cartoon show. I mean it did pretty well okay I'll believe yeah. you
1: but unfortunately they did not uh do it for a second season uh the uh the, the second uh, the season two of video power uh it became a game show so
0: oh, okay
1: yeah. <laughs> So, but yeah, no, it's, it was, it was a, a animated show based off of characters from the Acclaim, uh, franchises, despite the fact that, uh, let's see, Max Force from NARC, which was, uh, originally an arcade game by Williams, ported to the NES by Rare, so not Acclaim, uh, Kuros from the Wizards and Warriors series, originally created by Rare, Quirk from the game of the same name, originally by Atlas, Tyrone from Arch Rivals, originally by Midway, and Bigfoot from the game of the same name, developed by Beam Software. So they didn't on, make any uh, of these characters? Truck. No, not a single <laughs> one of them, but
0: Acclaim made this show. It's okay. an claim show. And apparently an Acclaimed show. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> Despite their success with those games, they also published Space Jam, Cutthroat Island, Batman Forever, Stargate, and many more. Acclaim Studios was nearing bankruptcy until Turok Dinosaur Hunter pulled them out of it. So I actually have played the Stargate game for Genesis, which I assume is the one Me too. they're talking about. Uh, well, technically, I, I played
1: the Super Nintendo version of it, which is functionally the same.
0: Right, that game sucks. Oh no, it's awful. <laughs> it's 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 horrible.
1: Uh, as are the rest of the games on this list. I I had um, I I had Cutthroat Island for the Super Nintendo, and it's it's not a good game. No, it's just not.
0: I mean, I would like to play um, Stargate again just for like nostalgia, but that was that's all it would ever be. That would. It's, yeah no
1: i've i've played it a number of times it's, it's like a it's shitty bad. platformer <laughs> yeah <laughs> they i mean they they produced a lot of of movie tie on tie-ins and stuff like the alien trilogy Oof. um iron man slash exo War and heavy metal uh x-men children of the atom uh <laughs> looking through the rest of these is that what i think it is? No, that isn't. Uh, uh Dragonheart Fire and Steel
0: <laughs>
1: based oh. off the movie. Oh. Not uh, Dragonheart. Uh, uh, but like at the same time, oh, The Judge Dread. Scooby Doo Mystery.
0: Oh, well Judge Dread is just quality.
1: <laughs> and of course the, uh, the the uh, the ever good uh, let's see, the adventures of Mary Kate and Ashley. Mary Kate and Ashley get a clue. <laughs> uh, Mary Kat- Kate and Ashley pocket planner. Mary Kate Ashley- and Ashley Sweet magical 16. mystery
0: mall. Yeah, uh, we had we had yeah. fun no, looking there's... through the acclaim list of games.
1: <laughs> yeah, but at, at the same time, they they had. Some some games that really made it big like Dead or Alive Two, or um, Turok. Let's see, I had <laughs> Turok. That, that <laughs> was that was produced in house. Um, they produced a lot of NBA and NHL stuff, um, NFL,
0: which is just going to sell no matter what because people like the yeah sports stuff.
1: All Star Baseball '99. Uh, they got to produce or publish Mist.
0: Oh wow! Uh,
1: for the PlayStation, I think there's their money. No, maker. Sega Saturn. Mist for the Sega Saturn. Never mind. I mean, Mist was a, Mist was a huge name, but yeah, no, Sega Saturn wasn't. <laughs> wasn't exactly. I was Despite so- having I was uh, like, oh, Mist Sega <laughs> Uh the itchy and scratchy game. Like there, a lot of these things were were big name games. Uh, they they published Mortal Kombat two for okay. the SNES Genesis PlayStation like all the games all, Go all off. The, the platforms <laughs> yeah uh, they they published Mortal Kombat the original one like they 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 had Double Dragon two they had a bunch of really really big names that they published but then they also chose to do the RoboCop three video
0: game. Yikes. And. Man, do you remember when they made sequels to Robocop and forgot what Robocop was about? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> uh. Unfortunately, Turok both giveth and taketh away, as the poor reception of Turok Evolution. That's the PlayStation 2 one, right?
1: Uh, let me double check. I think so. Um, PlayStation 2,
0: GameCube, Xbox, yeah. Windows, and GBA. Uh, the fifth and final acclaimed 2 Rock in the series is considered to be a large contributor in Acclaim's bankruptcies, here with a capital B. They tried to come back twice and failed harder, to the point where Electronic yeah, Gaming. Bankruptcies. Yeah. Multiple. The point where Electronic Gaming Monthly named their annual Worst of Video Games award after the villain of Turok Evolution, the Tobias Bruckner Memorial Awards. Yeah. Turok Evolution has like a human for a villain? Yeah, well, no, they usually do. Oh, really? I've got to be honest, I've never played a Turok. (laughs) <laughs> I've seen people play uh, them, but you know, you see somebody play it and you're only seeing them kill dinosaurs.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, the, the final boss of Turok Dinosaur Hunter, because the, the, the plot is to uh, find an ancient artifact known as the Chronoceptor, which is a weapon so powerful that it was broken into pieces to prevent it from falling into the wrong hands. The final boss is an evil overlord known as the Campaigner who seeks to find the the chronoceptor and build it uh using it to destroy the barriers that separate the ages of time and rule the universe but yeah he's he's a dude with a loincloth okay it's, <laughs> it's weird he's just got a loincloth
0: great kicking it conan style
1: yeah but there was not a dick size sli- uh, slider
0: damn well can't be game of the year then <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, oof, oof. I just looked up Tobias Bruckner.
0: Uh-huh. And it's a big oof. Uh, like, I get the feeling that's just one of the developers.
1: No, no, it's a frontiersman, Captain Tobias Bruckner. Uh, he's first seen in the game's prologue cutscene, where he is shown mercilessly executing American Indians from Talcet's tribe. <sighs> And you know what? He looks like a American soldier.
0: He does he look like a MAGA chump?
1: <laughs> no, well I mean this was way before that. He he looks like a oh, yeah. frontiersman. He yeah. I'll I'll send you a, a link so you can you uh, can look at it yourself. Oh, there, it'll pop the picture in. That's what Tobias Bruckner looks like. Oh,
0: yeah, like every yeah. Yeah, he looks like the uh, the villain Kenneth Branagh from Wild Wild West. He
1: does a little, except you know, taller and with both working legs.
0: Right, and a a full like mutton chop rather than a weird half mutton chop. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. John, we're doing a new thing this week. We're we're getting yes, to we it. Yes, we are. Uh, this was this was an idea that we had on air because we do all of our production meetings on air. Apparently. Um,
1: oh, speaking of speaking of uh, since we're gonna do that, so just gonna <laughs> talk about that. I I have two suggestions for for the um, title of this episode. Okay. Uh, suggestion number one is the Tobias Bruckner Memorial episode. <laughs> Fair, <laughs> and op, uh, option number two is um, uh,
0: glowing weak points book club. Uh, vetoed. Vetoed. But, uh, okay. Okay. But Tobias Bruckner Tobias Memorial Bur- episode. That's that's a good one. That's on okay. the table. Okay.
1: Speaking <laughs> of, uh, hey, this is the first uh, first episode where we're doing the glowing weak point book club. Um, <laughs>
0: Light Novel Club. It's a... Okay. I, I refuse Whatever. to ever do anything other than a light novel here. <laughs> yeah, I, it, light novel is a book. So Fair, but it's a book it's, that takes place over ten books. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's true.
1: <laughs> uh, so, the book we read, as we mentioned last week, is Reborn as a Vending Machine uh, subtext. I now wander the dungeon. Um, no, wanna, it's, it's just a, a comma. A,
0: it's not. It's not. It's not a subtitle. That's the whole title. Um, Reborn as a vending machine. I now wander the dungeon.
1: I, I feel like it should be a, a, a subtitle, but uh,
0: I have the book in front of me. It's it's a comma. Me too. Me too. <laughs> you got a physical copy of it? See, of the, course. It's so good. So, you, do you want me to start on the recap?
1: I love the, the titty pictures in the front. Oh, oh yeah. There's, like,
0: there's some, like the, there's some, there's some page, A-class page titties page up in the front. Page three and four. <laughs> page three
1: and four. There's just... With with some, some hair tastefully draped just over the nipples, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yep. I wonder who drew this. Or, I wonder who wrote this. They must have been really horny. Spoilers, they were. Yeah. <laughs>
0: If, if the picture, if the, hold on, before I start the recap, if the pictures were not here in the front, the horniness of this book would be severely, like, buried. Like, the lead would be so buried as to be almost imperceptible until you reach the point where the book just goes full horny.
1: It's, it's well (laughs) over halfway through that it, it just, it's like, oh yeah, by the way, you're a horndog now.
0: Like. <laughs> I think that was um, the point where I messaged you saying that uh, this book. <laughs> what did I say? say? Yo, this book is fucking wild. And yet somehow also a pretty perfect encaps- encapsulation of both things I love and hate about light novels. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, so I as reading through this. You know, I, I just, I took it all in. This is, this is, by the way, my first light novel I've ever read. Great Uh, choice. great thing to start with. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I, I put down four page numbers to, to go back to and, and talk about, about things that I, I felt needed to be touched on. But why don't you give us a, a quick recap?
0: All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read this recap that I wrote, and John, you can intervene or interject rather at any point you want if you want to talk about something or make a joke. Um, <laughs> so reborn as a vending machine, I now wander the dungeon. Starts as you would expect: a vending machine otaku is crushed by a vending machine flying off the back of a truck at sixty miles per hour. Having attempted to catch the large metal object with his bare hands, he then does not necessarily die but is reincarnated into a fantasy world as the object of his lifelong affection. Things don't start out great for our boxy friend, however, He pops into existence by the side of a lake which, it quickly becomes clear, has little in the way of visitation. Even worse, he needs people to buy things from him, because his energy is converted from points, which he in turn converts from money, and he only starts out with a thousand. Losing them at the rate of one per hour and also needing to spend them on new items and abilities, he can't be left alone for too long or else he might die for real. Luckily for our hero? Things don't get quite that bad. <laughs> While he is attacked by a group of frog fiends and forced to choose his one free blessing, Force Field. Shortly afterwards, he also meets his first customer, Which,
1: star- By the way, he he gets his one free blessing and he goes through and he's like, "Oh, Force Field, that looks pretty good." Turns out, like Force Field, of course, this is this is a uh, isekai, so not surprising at all. Uh, is one of the most powerful blessings that exist, and it's in it's so rare as to be the
0: the subject of myth and legend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, great. Um, he also meets his first customer, a starving, weary, and dejected girl named Alamis, who has just recently been abandoned by her adventuring companions and lost all of her food fleeing from monsters. After enjoying the vending machine food, some mineral water and corn soup, she picks the machine up and carries him back to the nearest village.
1: See So I I really like um I really like the name they give her later on because uh you know, she's she's a good looking girl. Um uh-huh. and 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 so one of the characters nicknames her Lammeries. Oh, that one was good. Yeah, that that was that was one of the few times I was like, mm, that was that was that was well done, well written. I think, there, I think especially, she also calls her a chitty monster. Yeah, but like <laughs> is is really good, especially for a book that was originally
0: written in Japanese. Right, like, like localization <laughs> did some good job with that one. Yeah, great work. Uh, who I who localized it. this? I can find it real quick. Translation by Andrew Prowse. Good job, Andrew Prouse. This was a very well-localized book. Yen, yeah. Yen Press LLC. Yeah. Uh, see, Lamis also has a blessing, one called Might, that has exponentially increased her physical power. The only problem is that she has never learned how to control it, and she herself is a very clumsy person, leading to her causing more inconvenience to traveling companions than actual benefit. Once they get to the village, our vending machine, now dubbed Boxo by Lammas, is a big hit with the town. He serves food to the gatekeepers initially, and word spreads from there, as his products taste like nothing they've ever had, and he begins to settle into a comfortable life of selling products and making points. Lammas, meanwhile, takes up a job in an inn whose owner she's friendly with, with the goal of making enough money to use the transport circle at the center of town and take Boxo to see her friend Hulemi, which lives on the surface and works as a magic item engineer. Um, I think you
1: can skip the next bit.
0: Yeah. Uh, But one of the things that I wanted to talk about is uh, the points. I kind of passed over the fact that he's looked at his abilities already and seen one called Transform, which will cost a billion points in order to acquire. And also he has no idea what it will do if he ever does acquire it. But he has made this his goal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm 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 worried about him
1: him getting it and then it like I, I I don't know what it'll it'll do, but I have a feeling it could just be horrible for him.
0: I think it's gonna turn him into a Gundam. <laughs> oh, that would be so cool. That's my working theory is that transform will turn him into a Gundam.
1: <laughs> I I really think he should be able to um do like a, a scrolling screen, you know, like, like a scrolling LED screen where he can like put phrases up on there.
0: Oh, uh, that would make like, things too easy, though. here.
1: I, exactly. It would, because then he could just say things. Right. Except, I oh. guess, there <laughs> is a problem, which is that, uh, everything in world, uh, in him, because the, the items he has are japanese items right it's 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 like when he says hey i'm gonna put a type of mineral water in here he gets to pick through all the brands of mineral water he has ever purchased the actual earth world brands and then those go in nothing else changes so there's like japanese kanji on things and nobody knows how to read it because this isn't earth right so, like, the, the buttons have, like, yen on them for, for the cost. And, like, nobody,
0: nobody knows what yen are. And he uh, has to actually doesn't... spend points to get the ability to change currency. <laughs> yeah. It's bad. Uh. Uh. Also, I, I failed to mention that he can only speak one of seven given phrases. This is the core conflict of the book is that yeah. he cannot communicate with anybody uh,
1: yeah he can so say he, he has things like welcome which they eventually get to mean yes and too bad which they mean to be no um
0: thank oh, you another one please come again uh, get one free with a winner you're a winner <laughs> and insert coins So they they do a little
1: bit of like, alright, you're able to understand what we say, so say welcome for yes, and say too bad for no, and you can get by pretty well with yes and no. Right, if people ask the right questions. Correct. Which, honestly, like, again, isekai, everything perfectly works out for your character. The people that, like, closest surround him all understand like flawlessly right like and and at least they mentioned that in there they're like there's like i can only hope that they get this thank goodness that they are the people who found me because they understood that
0: if if they had been one brain cell shorter um they might not have understood what i needed and we would all be dead <laughs> yeah yeah so, eventually, Boxo is invited by the director of the Hunters Association, a literal talking bear, on a raid of the Frog Fiend's hideout, both because they're scared of him thanks to his force field, and because he can provide quick, hot meals. Lammas agrees to go as well, seeing as she's the only person who could possibly carry Boxo around and look after him.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I do have a, a problem with, with the director, considering his name is Director Bear. And, and he's just a bear, and he's just a bear. Uh, I'd I'd have less of a problem with it if he was the only bear, but he's not the only bear. There's other bears, right? And there's at least so, one
0: other bear that has been mentioned. She does not have a name, but but yeah, but she, she exists. exists
1: and and has tits and is <laughs> not interested in them. That's that's how we know that they exist because they're like, oh, here's here's a bear person, and they're naked and. I don't feel anything about it particularly. It's
0: like cool. I didn't need to know they right. weren't a furry. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't seem to be anything at this point. So, I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll get to that. Right. I have I have lots of things to bring up. That's one of your pages. <laughs> That's two or three of them. Okay. During the trip, Boxo and Lammas are further protected by a group of six adventurers who we later learn are called the Menagerie of Fools, led by the charismatic Captain Keriol. Once fighting with the Frog Fiend starts, they prove themselves to be a wildly capable party, with only one noticeable weak spot that Lammas then covers, fighting with Boxo on her back. As it turns out, Lammas had trained under a master who had her training while carrying a boulder on her back, and the absence of this weight is what causes her lack of control and clumsiness. Boxo realizes he is the perfect partner for her. Once the fighting clears up, Boxo and Lammas watch over the wounded while Oil and his team join the party to fight the king frog fiend. But suddenly that king is charging them down while wrapped in flames! Luckily, Boxo is a quick-thinking v- vending machine, providing everyone with Diet Cokes and Mentos, and the group sprays the Frog Fiend until his flames die out, at which point he is promptly disposed of by Carry Oil's hunting party. Um, John, did you ever come to a conclusion on how to pronounce Carry Oil's name? Uh, carry Oil, yeah. K- carry Oil? Okay. K- yeah.
1: K-E-R-I-O-Y-L. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's a very carry strange is, name. Is- even for this book, yeah. it, it took me a while to come to that conclusion. Like, carry oil, I guess? Carry oil? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, back in the settlement, they discover that while they were gone, the settlement was attacked by a giant two-headed snake. Apparently the natural predator of the frog fiends. Thankfully, while the settlement is partially destroyed, no lives are lost thanks to procedures in place to shelter around the transport circle. And the snake is already dead, thanks to the combined efforts of the hunting party and the town defenders. After this, life just continues as normal for Boxo until the book suddenly becomes very horny. Director Bear approaches Boxo about options for sexual health, as there are many new people coming to town to help rebuild, and Boxo starts providing condoms and other products to the owner of a business of the night. Surely, they also right. start inter
1: interjection here. <laughs> an interjection uh one of the the clever things i think they did with this is um uh so uh shirley is a professional and she she instantly understands how to use a condom um <laughs> but uh, to to read a passage as an aside the boxes are separated into small medium and large If I can only stock things I've bought in my past life, then why am I able to stock three different sizes? All I'll say is this. They're my vanity, my pride, and my reality. I'm sure every man has done some testing while imagining the real thing, right?
0: I mean, (laughs) I I remember this, this passage distinctly, and I remember thinking, you know what, he's not actually that wrong. You know No, he's not, but I, I really like the fact that
1: like yes, they, they've explicitly stated multiple times that he can only purchase things that he's per- or he can only sell things that he's purchased before. Which is fine as a otaku because he he went and purchased as much as possible. Um including certain things as women's underclothes which uh he he bought
0: by accident he bought those by accident Uh uh (laughs) uh-huh uh-huh right sure
1: um but yeah like the the fact that it's like oh yeah i i did buy all three types of condoms that
0: it's a little on the nose right (laughs) um although i the, um, the, oh, I can only supply things I've bought before. Like, they do some fun things with that. Like, he considers supplying cigarettes at one point to people, but then he realizes, like, oh, well, I've never actually bought any cigarettes, so I guess yeah, that's off the he, table.
1: He, he buys an upgrade that allows him to sell cigarettes and something else and he's he's selling the other like that's why he needs it is because he needs the ability to sell the other thing yeah he's like and i would i would do cigarettes but i never did that
0: i think it's actually the condoms like it's selling boxed products like condoms and uh cigarettes
1: probably probably
0: they also start testing out uses for boxo as a kind of surveillance camera as he's gained the ability to change his paint job and can blend into his surroundings very well after that, we're on a fast track to the end. Boxo is kidnapped, having not taken some clearly suspicious people seriously until it was far too late, and they cart him out to some ruins far away from the settlement. They take him to a dungeon where, surprise! They're already holding Lammas' friend Hulame, whom they had kidnapped earlier in order to have her investigate Boxo. She and Boxo quickly strike a friendship, and she's the first person to realize he's actually a human soul trapped in a vending machine. Boxo protects her from sexual assault by providing pornographic magazines to her would-be assaulters, but otherwise, all they can do is wait as time ticks by on the thief leader's demand of Hulemi to provide all information she can glean about Boxo, which she has no intention of doing. Um, so before we touch on the sexual assault thing, uh, I do yeah. want to say that there's kind of there's kind of a weird plot thing here. I don't want to call it a plot hole, because it could be explained away, but it is strange. Um, They've kidnapped Hulemi, who lives on the surface. But in order to do that, they would have had to use the transport circle at the center of town. So they would have had to transport up to the surface, take Hulemi, and then transport back down, um, ostensibly holding her captive while they pass through the town in order to get to their hideout yeah
1: no it's it i mean unless there's another passage to the stratum
0: well i assume there is but i i think that it would only be like a stairway or something like yeah because you can only use transport circles that you've reached before so i assume there's a way Uh to progress through the different stratums like by foot But in order to do this easily, they would have had to use the transport circle.
1: Unless uh, Hulemi transported in and was wandering around and they they caught her.
0: That's true, Um, but that's never mentioned. So, right now, it seems like they took her from the surface and then had to pass through the town while holding her hostage. Which is just kind of strange.
1: Yeah. I
0: agree. Um... as for the sexual assault scene, I don't feel like that needed to be there.
1: No, I don't either. Uh, there, There's several things that I don't think should have been included in this. It's, it's just a weird addition that didn't really accomplish anything, aside from revealing that he purchased pornographic magazines. Like, right. I guess... Does it humanize him more, or does it, like, I, I don't understand, plot-wise, what it accomplishes for him, aside from, like, I I guess it's kind of realistic that, yes, if you have an attractive girl someplace and you're a bunch of scumbags, someone's gonna be an even bigger scumbag, or, right. you know... <sighs>
0: I mean, like the the big thing it provides is just that, like, Boxo will help protect people he met literally that day. Like he's yeah. that he's that kind of a person. But other than that, I mean, I don't think it needs to be there. I don't think it's it's not awful. Like no, it's it's just kind of there, and it's weird that it's there. But it doesn't really victimize Hulemi. Like, you never get the idea that she couldn't have really protected herself if they had done something. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just weird. Luckily yeah. for them, they don't have to wait that long. Sounds of an attack on... Wait, did I read that part? Yes. Uh, no. No, I mean the part right before this. Um, oh. They don't have to wait that long. Sounds of an attack on the yeah. ruins reach their ears as Lammas has raided them searching for Boxo. Unluckily, her extreme strength sets off magic dynamite in the storeroom above their cell, collapsing the ceiling onto them. Boxo shields Tulaymi with force field, and things easily work out where he can do so in- indefinitely. And eventually, Lamas uncovers the pair. The book ends with to Captain- explain
1: that slightly. Um, he <laughs> can use uh, force field, but it it takes points. It's like a point per second to yeah. keep it running. Um. And, uh, you know, points come from money. The, the storeroom above the cell with the magic dynamite is also the treasury. So a bag full of gold drops on them and she just puts all the gold inside of him. So now he has just a shit ton of points. Like accurate. they never say
0: how many points, but it's probably like in the tens of thousands if she's inserting gold coins. Yeah. Uh, the book ends with Captain Carry Oil and his team, who had helped Lamas attack the ruins, looking down at them and plotting how to recruit Boxo for their own purposes. Yep. So I don't think it's setting up Captain Carry Oil as like a villain, but more as like a maybe an anti-villain or an anti-hero kind of character. Like he doesn't. I seem agree. Like.
1: like- we're, we're not exactly, I, I think we're supposed to be suspicious of him, but at the same time, he's, he doesn't seem bad.
0: Right. Like, he doesn't seem like he wants to steal Boxo so much as he wants to persuade Lammus to either yeah. give him Boxo or to come along with him with Boxo. Yeah. So. So do you want to talk there, about the pages you have?
1: Yeah. I mean, one of them was was the condom page. And right. I, you know. The, the other three deal in things that I, I thought were just weird additions that, uh, <laughs> are, are kind of not, they, they were a little problematic to me. Okay. Um, so, but like, well, first off, there was, there was the thing that was just, it's not problematic, it's just, why was it put in? Uh, so of course, uh, this is, this is a, uh bit of japanese culture so they go to the uh the baths oh this
0: this chapter
1: (laughs) yes this chapter is uh well it's you know how we talked about page three is just titties well this is this is where they got the idea for that one um so the girls have just gotten out of the bath and uh i'll just read this section they each grab their freshly chilled coffee milk, put a hand on their hip and gulp it down, um, skipping a section. Fresh from the bath, their flushed bodies are permeated by my white liquid. But when I describe <laughs> it like that, it sounds lewd.
0: Yeah, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Why? yeah. Why did you need to do that? That was such a weird line. I mean... So, I'll be honest with you, I've read a lot of light novels, and that line even stuck out to me. Like, that's weird, yeah. even <laughs> for a light novel.
1: Yeah, it it was it was really, really <laughs> weird that they included that. Honestly, I mean, this I book is it was, hornier than a normal like, light novel. It, it gave me a laugh just at how ridiculous it was, but, like, why did it need to exist? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll we'll get to the stuff that was actually kind of problematic. So this was was early on in the book, page 73. Oh, let me... Ah, the skies are clear and blue. Existing only as something that gets carried around by a cute girl makes me, as a man, start to wonder about things. But I'll get depressed if I think about that, so I won't. Okay. So that struck me as kind of... Toxic masculinity-ish.
0: So, I don't... I read that line and I didn't think much of it. Like, uh, it obviously sticks in my craw a little bit. Like, oh, I'm being carried around by a cute girl. It's it's kind of emasculating. Um, yeah. But that's just kind of like... I don't know. It's a, it's a shitty part of Japanese culture. But it's just like kind of part of their culture. Like yeah, uh, I don't know. It it's it feels weird to criticize it on that front when you read any book by a Japanese author, and there's a little <laughs> bit of that in there. Like yeah, you know, there there's a conversation be. to be had about like how Haruki Murakami writes as women, you know, and he's a great writer.
1: the The other one was uh, page one forty six. Uh, well, I'll introduce two characters. They are the guards, Karios and Gorth. They're, they're two men who guard the uh, city and they're together all the time oh God uh, so they're they're together for this as well so it's true this one. agrees Gorth neat nodding deeply they're together all the time huh you'd think it would feel stifling to be together both on and off the job but they must have an affinity for each other wait are they like that maybe no that's a bit of an assumption to be making and then to skip down a little bit further I see they're regulars, apparently. I think I can still interact with them from now on without giving them weird looks, maybe.
0: Yeah! It's a little homophobic! Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Like, I don't know what else that, to say yeah. about it. It's just kind of, yeah. It's It just
1: is. It's homophobic. What, uh, and... Here's the thing I don't understand. That's that's something that would fly in 2010. This was uh written in 2016 and it was translated in 2018. Like That's that's a 2010 sort of statement that I could see flying. Yeah. Like maybe a- 2012 or 13 at the latest, but like in general culture it became less
0: okay to say things like that. It's a it's a it's a weird thing to include when you could have just not Yes. That's that's part of the thing is like one
1: like why are you including this this viewpoint that in general will not be accepted? And to like it accomplishes nothing like you, you could you could have left it just completely up to the viewers and some of the viewers would have gone oh cool gorth and what's his name are are um you know gay lovers clearly because they're together all the time that's that's my head of this but now you're just like so they're gay or maybe they aren't but uh i i still don't have an answer for that but i do know that boxo is homophobic
0: right (laughs) and and like up until this point that's the only result of that up until this point it was kind of my headcanon that they were together and i was like that's cool they included like a a buff gay couple
1: yeah and and that's that's the weird thing is that at the end of the segment you still don't know like he he brings up the possibility is like oh this could be the way it is uh
0: oh well maybe like like." i mean i don't I don't think they are. Let me let me find the. Uh, I mean, vamp a little for me. Vamp. All right.
1: I I just it it doesn't make sense that it it's there and then like it doesn't change anything. The, like the entire purpose of that statement is to say, hey, uh, Boxo's a racist or not a racist, a, a homo- homophobe. So like it just it doesn't. It. i don't understand it's it's inclusion
0: okay so that's all the
1: vamping you're gonna get
0: <laughs> yeah i've I found what i was looking for but it actually it ends in a weird way so it says they bring me along to her workplace shirley's workplace and Kyrios and gorth follow closely behind i'm pretty sure i know why Night has fallen, so having them here makes the nighttime streets safer for us anyway. Um, and then it gets to this part, where Shirley says, Alright, Lamas, Boxo, come this way. Um, Shirley trades glances with the pair behind us and nods, and I see them both scratch the backs of their heads in slight embarrassment. But then, that's the last we hear of them in this chapter. I yeah. thought I thought that they like walked off or something, but they did it doesn't say that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the the story doesn't follow them. It, yes, I'll agree. It, it does make it... It provides a tiny amount of, of point towards them maybe having been to Shirley's place before. But, I mean, they could be embarrassed for any number of reasons. Right, and it, it doesn't it's, even... I, it, it doesn't
0: even... If they have... If they go and they hire a prostitute, that does not mean that they're not also a couple. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the the, the, prosti- the prostitute that they hire could be a dude. <laughs> or it could be a girl and they're just like, "Oh yeah, we usually yeah. do it with each other, but like let's let's spice it up a little tonight."
1: Yeah. Like there's there's any number of things it could be and it's that's why I just I don't understand the inclusion of this segment. It, yeah. It, all it does is hurt the
0: story, I'd say. Not even now, the story, to, the character himself.
1: Yeah. Now and and to to be clear, like this book was a really good book. Oh, it's so I, good. I, it was very it was very <laughs> enjoyable. I read it in one sitting. I it just I sat down, I read for two hours, and then I was done. It's and a page turner. Yeah, it was very enjoyable. Uh, I mean, I was going to do that anyways because I, you know, I I needed to have it done um, so that I could think about it and talk about it. Uh, but, like, it it was a very, very good book, very enjoyable. You know, I look forward to maybe a later point where we can read more of it. Um, Oh, yeah. If but, we, even
0: if we don't do more on here, I'm reading more on my own.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Like we'll we'll have to make a decision of, of of that before you know, when we get to the next one. Um and uh like really good book. There were the two segments that I thought were were not great. The the emasculation and this homophobia.
0: Yeah. A- but those and were
1: two one, sentences. Yeah. Like, like or three sentences total in the entire book that that's pretty good
0: and they even though the homophobia one homophobia one doesn't make me feel that weird like it's it's bad but it's not uniquely bad in any way no like no it, it's kind of like, like this sucks but I kind of expected a level of this
1: yeah cancel culture is not gonna come out for for this because of that no it, so like you know I it's uh, it's I found a couple errors, you know, a couple things I had a problem with, but to only find a couple problems in this big of a book, it's pretty good.
0: Right. This is actually a pretty lengthy light novel. Like it's not, um, yeah. saga of Tanya, the evil length or later slime books length, but it's, it's longer than a normal one. Yeah. But also like,
1: like a lot happens in the book.
0: Yeah, it's it's way more fast paced than they normally are. Uh, so they don't spend they don't spend a whole lot of time on like superfluous bullshit, like a lot of light novels do. It's like here's a chapter telling a specific thing that I need to tell you about. The next chapter could be a week, two weeks, or just a day later, like wherever I need to be in time to tell you the next important thing that happened.
1: Yeah. Uh, which is fine because like all the stuff in between doesn't really matter a whole lot just as you know, you get to, you get to the next thing that matters. Um, All right. Uh, And and actually that makes it feel a little bit more real because things aren't happening, like exciting things aren't happening every moment. No, that that just, that's not true. Whereas a, a lot of, japanese media does have like all right we're gonna go to the next town and then every step of the way along to the next town something happens
0: looking at you whereas, pokemon
1: <laughs> whereas with this it would just be like all right we're gonna go to the next town all right we're in the next town you know here's a thing that's happening you know like how what, an actual book
0: s- will tell you oh we got on a plane to new york all right we're on a plane yeah. to new- uh, we're in new york yeah yeah,
1: and it, it might not even be like, you know, we're going go to go to this other town, and then, all right, we just entered this other town. I, this this book would even go so far as be like, so after several weeks in the new town, I've done, like, yeah. <laughs> do, like, a, a two-sentence catch-up on what unimportant stuff has happened, and now we're at the, the next things that matter. Um. And that's not to say that there isn't in this book any like small stories. Like there's there's lots of of little small things. Like at at one point there's a an old man who comes to uh, his place every every morning. And oh, the story was so sweet. Stuff. It was. And at a certain point, he gets a vending machine ability where not not like American vending machine or not. Uh, sorry, art <sighs> gambling machine.
0: He gets a slot machine.
1: He gets a slot machine, and unlike American slot machines, where it's just a slot machine, you put in coins, you do the thing, and you might get a chance at winning. Uh, this is a vending machine slot machine, which is you buy a thing, and it gives you once you've bought a thing, you have a chance every time at buying at, at getting a free thing. Come get one free, or you know, as as his get one free with the winners. Yeah, get one free with a winner. Um, and so, you know, I I way prefer that over the other form of slot machine. Because <laughs> at the end, you're getting something.
0: Right. Um, and there's no extra cost to it. It's just like, this yeah. is a fun thing I can do for the community. It provides now, a little in, bit in, of entertainment.
1: I imagine in real life, uh, they do upcharge by you know, a dime or two, oh, probably. Just to, you know, like, like 5% or, or, or less, uh, just to cover the cost. My uh, point is he still, doesn't, that's, that's not a huge deal. Yeah. And, and he doesn't anyways. So this, this old man comes and when he gets the, the gambling part of this, the old man starts showing up there a lot, especially since there's a, a, Rumor going around that if you get the the free one, then you have good luck for the rest of the day. Um, Which, you know, is bogus, but these things happen. Uh, <laughs> rumors abound. <laughs> so, at the end of this, like, you know, clearly he has a problem, you know, he's getting to the point where he has a problem with gambling and um, his wife catches him. And, uh, you know, teasing chastises him and then they go and he comes back later with his granddaughter, uh, who he hasn't seen in a really long time because of some, oh, some, he's like, never issues seen her that showed up. Yeah. He's never seen her. And there's been like family issues that have kept them away and stuff. And, and he's been so worried about this. And, uh, that's why he was trying to get the good luck. This story doesn't move anything along this old man doesn't matter to the story this little girl doesn't matter to the story and no changes to to boxo's uh, abilities or stuff is uh, arise from this this is really just a story you know a side story that that tells this cute story of this old man who's who's worried about uh, seeing this, his granddaughter for the first time and wants to make it perfect, and that's why he's hoping for good luck. And uh, then, you know, spoilers, but this is a full spoiling uh, review, so uh, the girl buys something, and on her very first buy she wins because Boxo makes it
0: work. <laughs> right, it's I was like, going to say that- go- This is gonna work! <laughs> that if you wanted to say it has any purpose to the story, it's to further reinforce that even though Boxo does have his flaws, like, he's still a good person who cares about other people. Yeah. And, and he wants to make people feel good.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, of course, the- they say oh you've got good luck now for the rest of the day but there's not much day left and it's like well no I already had the best luck of the day because I got to see you and you, you start crying
0: <laughs> you get like <laughs> one tear in your eye you're like oh god <laughs> yeah this is a light novel <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah it's really I'd say it's really well written and uh, it's it's worth the read and, and maybe we'll, we'll come back to it yeah so what do we want to do now do we want to like give this a uh a score
0: Uh, i don't like scores i i hate scores (laughs) Uh. um i you know what i'll put this i'll compare this to something else that i think is quality um i think this is actually better than later slime novels um
1: the, er- okay. the early,
0: the first four slime novels are all really good. Um, I mean, the, like, the first two, I think, are, like, the best of the best as far as light novels go. Um, and this one's probably, like, a step below them, okay. but but better than the later ones.
1: Yeah. And this is this guy's first published um, book, so...
0: Yeah, like, I mean, really I, I read the afterword, and he was going to Me give too. up on writing if, like, <laughs> this didn't work out.
1: And, uh, lucky for us, it did.
0: Right, this is, it's, it's good. Yeah. Alright, you got anything else to add? Uh, no, just a shout-out to the author's name, Hirokuma, um, and the artist, it- Itu Kato, who, like does pretty good illustrations like
1: yeah they're they're pretty good not even just the full colored booby ones in the front but like the the black and white ones throughout are are, are quality
0: right uh, are there black and white booby ones oh there's uh, this well, one with Shirley yeah but yeah, i mean she always is. has her tits hanging out so if you're going to do a picture of her she's just going to have her tits out
1: yeah <laughs> Uh there's there's another one with uh Lamis and Suori the the young girl who calls her
0: Lamories. Oh yeah. Is that a so, titty picture? I don't feel like that's a titty picture.
1: I mean pretty much any picture of Lamis's front
0: is, <laughs> is, is
1: is it's pretty close.
0: You know what, fair enough. Oh, here it is. Oh yeah, that's a titty picture for her for sure. Yeah,
1: especially especially since it's got like a a top-down-ish view yeah not quite fully but enough
0: but yeah it's good art it's it's good writing there's some there's some problematic elements but nothing you can't like overlook a little bit you know whether it's because of cultural norms or just like I mean, I didn't stop reading. Right, like I just, this. I <laughs> this sucks. I wish you didn't include this, but this, this story story's good enough that I can keep going. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, while we don't like, or while wombat doesn't like scoring things, uh, ask that you uh, rate and subscribe <laughs> and uh, check us out on on social medias uh, at John the Dev. You are at uh, Video Game Wombat,
0: right? That's also my website, videogamewombat.com, where you can find uh, game reviews once I actually write another one for Nier. Um,
1: if you want to watch our uh, my overly produced vodcast that has no viewers, uh, you can go to twitch.tv slash Gentleman's Gank. And uh, we'll see you next time. Hey, share this with um, someone who likes to read light novels. Please. <laughs>
0: Bye. Bye. Bye.